Welcome to Meadowbrook Church, loving Jesus by loving people. For more information about who we are, find us online at www.meadowbrook.ca. Thanks, worship team. This morning is going to look a little bit different, as you can already tell. We just spent a little extra time in worship. Um, today, we were going to have a guest speaker by the name of Corey Parrish come and join us. Um, he's from the Amsburg area. He had to cancel due to a family emergency. Um, so let's just keep his family in prayer. Um, so in praying and asking God, who should we have bring the word today? Um, it's not me. Don't worry. <laughs> um, Chris, uh, while on vacation, was just praying into this and asking, um, brought it to the Board of Elders. And Henry Peters had offered to bring us the word this morning. And I think God... Um, had this plan from the very start. Um, so I'm excited to hear what Henry has to bring to us today as God speaks through him. So I'm going to invite him forward. So will you join me in welcoming Henry? Thank you. Um, you know, when I got the invitation here the, uh, the other day, um, uh, we were on our way back from South Carolina, and, uh, you know, when he asked me, I, I was a bit hesitant, but uh, uh, I uh, I ended up saying yes, and, and I'm glad I did. Uh, I've been walking through the uh, the book of Deuteronomy lately, and um, it's 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 a good book. If you if you're not too familiar with it, I'm gonna just share a little bit of about what what it's what it talks about anyway, and and I'll go from there. Um, the book of Deuteronomy uh, it's it's kind of a recap. Of, of the Exodus. So the, when you go through the book of Exodus, you'll see everything that they've gone, uh, the Israelites had gone through it when they uh, were le- released from, uh, from the from the Egyptians, right? And uh, as they as they he's recapping it. He's also sharing some of the ordinances that they're they he's putting on them. What they what they're asked to to follow. What, what are the expectations of them? But it doesn't stop there. It uh, it goes on to share about what does the future look like, right? So, as as they're uh, as he's going through it, uh, you know, there's there's hope in it. As they they're getting ready to cross the Jordan, they're sitting on the other side of it, and the audience there is is actually not even those who left uh, Egypt. It's actually those who. Uh, the children of those who left Egypt. Now, those, because they had sinned, they had already now passed away, right? Uh, so no one that was in Egypt would now be entering uh, the, the promised land, uh, So except for Caleb and Joshua. And, you know, uh, as we go through this, uh, we're going to go uh, to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Um, before we get into it, uh, I want to just share a little bit of a story, um, a humbling story for me. I, uh, in 2011, we ended up uh, moving to Manitoba, and when we went, went to Manitoba, um, you know, hindsight, I can see that there was a bit of uh, pride, and maybe even a bit of arrogance in me. Um, and God was uh, doing something, and uh, you know, one night um, I was called to go help a guy work on a sump pump. 
And I don't know about you guys, but when you guys uh, hear sump pump, what, what are your first thoughts? Um, my first thought was, you know, this, this thingy in the basement, uh, this hole with a pump in it and, you know, all your rainwater gets pumped out, right? And when I arrived, um, it wasn't quite like that. Uh, I, I came into his garage, uh, this, this, he, he already started setting up and everything and he says, uh, yeah, I'll meet you out back and, and, uh, I, my eyebrow raised a bit, you know, what do you mean out back? Uh, that most of the time your sub pumps in the basement and he says, no, no, this one's out in the back and sure enough, you know, I put two and two together and. I get out there uh, after he gave me some rubber boots, right? And I'm looking down this hole, and it's probably about 10 to 12 feet deep. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, I uh, how do I get out of this? You know, uh, do I tell him I'm claustrophobic? Uh, he'd know I was lying because I worked with him. Anyway, uh, I ended up doing it uh, out of out of pressure, yes, and, uh, you know, maybe some humility, but uh, I ended up going down there, uh, down this ladder he had stuck in there, and there was about, about a foot of space where you had to kind of just wiggle through and rub your back against kind of uh, a septic tank, like, so this is a two-part septic tank. And one side, the, the good news was a week earlier it was emptied, uh, but it, it had been used. Um, but I get down there and, you know, the check valve, it, w it was backflowing constantly, so that we had to replace the check valve. That was the task. And, you know, if you've ever worked with check valves, um, there's multiple pieces when you're putting it in between something. So, long story short, um, we end up having to use a sawzall to cup, cut the pipe, but the pipe is under a bit of pressure, right? So, you know, there's no way to do this clean. <laughs> and, you know, we, we end up getting a cut, and then sure enough, I, I, we had talked about, make sure you don't drop any pieces, because you're in, you know, 12 inches of water. Uh, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> anyway, uh, after the, you know, sure enough, we start putting the check valve on, and sure enough, we dropped the piece. And we didn't find it. Uh, but he, I ended up having to stay down there while he ran out and went to the Home, home Depot or whatever that store is and, and got another check valve. So it was, it was only about 10, minu 10 minutes till he got back, he raced. But uh, we ended up getting it, and and I tell you that story because you know, going in there a bit with a bit of pride, with a bit of arrogance, um, you know, I think the Lord was was uh, showing me that you know, I'm I'm not above these other people. I'm not above uh, maybe even doing certain jobs, and and you know sometimes God leads us to a place where you know we're we're put in a position where we're gonna be humbled, right? And that's a bit uh, of a bit of part of what 
Deuteronomy chapter 8 is about, you know, where, where has the Lord led them and how has he humbled them and, and what did it take? Um, let's go ahead and read uh, Deuteronomy uh, chapter 8 uh, from 1 to uh, 9. It says, Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter the uh, enter and possess the land that the Lord has promised on oath to your forefathers. Remember how the Lord, your God, led you all the way in the desert for four, these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart. Whether or not you would keep his commands, he humbled you uh, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then, sorry, know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord disciplines you. Observe the, the commands of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with streams and pools of water with springs flowing in the valleys and hills, a land with wheat, wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates and olive trees and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will, not lack, you will lack nothing, a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. At the very beginning there, um, it asks us to be careful, uh, be careful to follow every command I am giving you. Um, you know, when we follow God's commands, it's, it's humbling. Um, our tendency is to often do our own thing, right? Um, you know, when we agree to follow uh, God's uh, commands, the ones that he's set before us, we are saying, you know, we give up control. We are allowing him to set the direction of our path. This is an act of humility. Uh, often we can't see what the outcome of is and what he's going to accomplish, or even uh, where he's leading us, right? And often there's a cost. There's a cost to you know, following him, uh, obeying his commands, you know, whether it's publicity, whether it's finances, who knows, uh, everybody go, walks through a different uh, uh, path in that area. But, you know, when we, when we follow him uh, and we trust in his commands, uh, things just seem to somehow work out. And there are often great blessings and fruit from it. Um, and you can see that from the Israelites. When they, when they obeyed, um, they won victories. They made, made it through uh, the challenges that, that God set before them. But one thing you can uh, be, be assured of when, when we follow his commands is that when we follow them, um, there's great character uh, building in the process. You know, and we can go in one direction or the other. You know, we can become bitter and angry uh, with things not going our way, or we can humble ourselves and we'll, we'll reap the blessing of it, the peace that, that somehow God uh, gives us when we when we become obedient to the, what he's asked of us you know but on the other side of that when when we're not obedient you know there's there's a there's a theme 
um, when we when we don't adhere to what he's called us to do or or do it with the wrong attitude you know it talks here in this uh, verse 2 about you know uh, in order to know where their hearts are you know um, when we when we don't do it we we come in with the wrong attitude and we often forego the blessing that he has for us right and and don't get me wrong that doesn't mean the moment we screw up he's, he's gonna strike us with lightning um, but sometimes he brings us to the point to, to humble us right if we if we look at verse 2 and 3 there I'll read that again um, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart whether or not you would keep his commands he humbled you, causing you to hunger and feeding you with manna, which neither you or nor, nor your forefathers knew, had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone. Um, so the good news here is, is that this next generation, they had passed the test. You know, they were going to now get to, to go into the promised land. You know, and it came at a cost of their of their parents, right? Their parents, you know, coming from Egypt, had uh, you know, uh, had known a completely different world at that point. You know, they uh, they they participated in uh, uh, they worshipped many other gods, right? Um, and that led them to you know worship, uh, create a, a calf of a gold, and they ended up destroying it, right? But um, you know, they didn't get to participate because of their grumbling. Uh, they they weren't happy with what God had done for them, had where they He had brought them at that point, and they were grumbling. They weren't happy. They wanted to actually go back. They they were mad at at Moses and and ready to kill him at that point. But you know, and God for that reason had said, "No, you will not enter the promised land. Your children and their children will enter the promised land, but you yourselves won't." Um, so these young people, they had passed the test, and and uh, they were, and they likely had not been exposed to the Egyptian gods and their traditions. So all they knew was what they had experienced in the desert. They had, they had, for the most part, only experienced Yahweh, God. <clears throat> and they had gone through a long period of testing their forty years. Uh, they didn't get it perfect, but the generation, uh, this generation had to learn to rely on the Lord uh, to provide because there was nothing out there other than, or nothing out there for them. No food to hunt, no, no land to, to farm, uh, very little water, uh, and at times obviously God, uh, you know, provided that water through the rock. Um, uh, so they were completely dependent on the Lord to supply for their needs. So in the morning of each day, God provides the manna and the quail, and the quail in the evening. Uh, the, these trials, they, they generally expose where our hearts are, right? Um, put yourself in a position. Um, imagine what it's like to only have enough food for today. Going to your fridge and and seeing that it's empty and and praying that something shows up for tomorrow some of you guys can maybe relate relate with that um you know maybe maybe conditions 
uh, were tough at times, right? Um, I was born in Mexico. Uh, I was about a year and a half old when uh, we moved here uh, to Canada. Um, but so I don't remember much of it. But my uh, siblings tell me that uh, you know times were tough. You know there were times where uh, my mom would have to um, you know go to the neighbor and borrow eggs and then repay them later or trade for a, a, a loaf of bread or whatever it might be for some essential food just so that we as children were able to eat and you know my dad he you know did what he could you know we only had a couple acres and uh, you know it just didn't bring in enough um, finances to, to purchase f enough food all uh, for the whole year for the winter months so he would often have to go and, and travel to and work with some of the uh, uh, Mexicans uh, out there and and work on their land and, and to help subsidize uh, to provide right um, but yeah it was it was tough and and mom you know I can only imagine how much she would have uh, had to pray in order to 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 see that God would provide and Sure enough, I, after I, a lot of prayer and, and decision making, um, we did. We hit the jackpot. Um, and I say that because um, we, we got to the promised land and that was, that was Leamington, right? Um, you know, when you come from a world, uh, a third world or, or second world country, um, to, to end up in Canada or the United States or, or something similar where you, you, for the most part, never have to worry about what's going to be on the table the next day. It, uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it's humbling. You know, and there's times where God puts us in a position where we can't do all these things ourselves, uh, much like when he sent the Israelites into battle uh, against bigger, stronger, and more experienced armies, right? He causes us to, to open our eyes and to lean into him, uh, into his word, in order to, uh, to hear our hearts, to see if we really trust him. Does, does man live on bread alone? Uh, no, and you remember the, the story from Jesus in the desert, right? You know, he uh, going through 40 days of fasting, only to uh, combat the, the enemy, the devil, with uh, the word of God, the truth. And it's so important that, that we have this truth and that we remember where, where we came from, where God has led us through. It says here that the Israelites were tested for those 40 years. Uh, in these 40 years, that testing doesn't just share of where <coughs> they messed up or... Uh, <clears throat> sorry, where they messed up or how they've been, uh, how they were making it to, to survive uh, to the next day. But there were times where they were sent out to battle and they got to experience victory. Uh, when the odds were against them, uh, they trusted in God's leading. They, they got to celebrate victories and they experienced them. Um, but there were times where they didn't listen and they decided to go their own uh, way, and they suffered because of it. As Jesus followers, I'm, uh, I'm sure there are times where we've all had to go out and put on our armor, where we've had to leave for battle and come back with a victory. 
you know, if we if we came back without a victory all the time, uh, how many of you guys would still be following Jesus Christ? You know, he's he's shown himself to you guys. He's shown himself to me. Uh, and when he does, it's it's this awesome feeling, and when he moves in our lives, and and he did that for the Israelites, and he, and he's I think still doing that in us today. As young as a young Christian coming from an old colony church, I uh, I had a stronghold for about two years, uh, the first two years of my uh, Christian walk. Uh, I would constantly question whether or not I was saved, but I was. But what I was really doing was I was, I was questioning the, the authority of God, the authority of the Bible, what it said. Um, and at this point in time, me and Maria were married. And uh, so one night, uh, me and Maria were having a, a warm discussion, not a heated discussion, a warm discussion. Okay. And, uh, you know, I remember her telling me uh, to put on my big boy pants. And, and be a leader and uh, and to get into the word and that was a bit of a, a turning point for me at that time of my life because uh, I did some self-reflection and I, uh, I realized I wasn't being the leader that that I needed to be and and I wasn't leaning into God how I should have been and that uh, that would have caused at, at that time then I I remember going into the Word and, and getting into it, digging into it, and, and praying. And, you know, it wasn't long after that, that that these this stronghold of this question of, am I saved? Can God really do that? Can God really save someone like me? And, uh, yeah, it wasn't long after that I was free of that. So, um, it's important that we remember these victories and we experience these victories uh, while we're in these deserts. Um, and it's important that we remember the manna that he's provided along the journey. Uh, remember how he led you through the desert, your valley, by a pillar of cloud by day, by a, a, a pillar of fire by night. You know, you know we were, and the reason it's important for us to uh, to remember what he's done for us is because we're not always going to be in this season of, you know, bliss. We're not always going to be in this season where we're going to feel his presence so near that, you know, there's no question that he's there. And that's why it's important to remember to go back, go back and, and f realize what has he done for you? Where has he brought you? How has he brought you through that? Let's uh, let's look at uh, Deuteronomy uh, chapter uh, eight again. Uh, let's. Uh, I'm just going to take that uh, from verse seventeen and and touch on that a little bit. Um, you may say to yourself, "My power and my strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me," but remember, the Lord your God. For he is, he, sorry, for it is he who gives you this ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant with which he swore to your forefathers as it is today. You know we have this uh, 
we have this bit of a tendency to become uh, arrogant uh, when when we when we accumulate or when we have success, and and we think it's our doing. We think it, yeah, man, I I accomplished this, and the reality is is that um, most of the time where you end up and, and, and the success that you have, you never foreseen uh, at the beginning. So was it really you that that made these decisions to, to bring it to where you are today? Um, and, you know, in 2014, um, we came back from Haiti, and uh, when we came back, we had, uh, we had almost nothing. And, you know, Thanks be to Meadowbrook, you guys, uh, that you guys helped us get back on our feet. Um, you guys, you know, helped us in so many different ways. Um, uh, transportation, furniture, um, food, appliances, and stuff like that. Uh, you know, just to, to get settled in. Um, it, was, it was truly uh, a blessing to see this church step up for us. And uh, I don't know where we'd be here today if, you know, if it weren't for that. Uh, I'm sure we'd still be following Jesus, but, you know, it would have been a much harder trek for us anyway. Um, but, uh, you know, today I see the success that uh, the Lord has given us uh, in material, in, in finances. And, you know, a lot of these things, by no means are we rich. Uh, but we have enough. But, you know, a lot of these things that have happened, you know, the success that we've had isn't because of the wise, uh, my wisdom or, or Maria's wisdom. It's because of, you know, God stepping in and, and orchestrating. Because when we made certain decisions and it turned into fruit later on, um, we never foreseen that. And so the only thing we can do is say say thank you to God and you know, continue to hand it over to them and be faithful with it. But before I close, um, two things really stand out to me. One thing is, is that when this book recaps where uh, the Israelites have been and uh, what God has done for them as he, as he walked them through, as he was the helm of their uh, uh, journey, um, he demonstrates uh, the extents of his love, of how far he'll go in order to keep his people, to keep them near, to bring them uh, to where he's, he's guiding them. And not only that, his faithfulness. Um, his faithfulness through it all. Uh, when you look at this, the book of, of Exodus and, and you go through Numbers and, and Deuteronomy of what he's done for them. You know, he could have said, you know, enough's enough. You know, <laughs> I've had it with you. Get out, you know. Uh, none of you guys are getting this promised land. And, you know, I think he does the same thing with me. And, and probably you guys, I'm assuming, are somewhat uh, not perfect either. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm sometimes I still wonder, you know, God, when, when are you going to have enough of me, of my crying, of my, you know, uh, you know, backsliding? And and the reality is, is he's not. He's never going to have enough. 
Um, but I do want to ask, um, you know, where's where's your heart today? If if he's checking your heart today, uh, and he's humbled you, you know, in in the beginning of verse eight or chapter eight, there, you know, he talks about humbling his people. You know, what he had to do to 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 humble them. Where is he humbling you, and and where are you seeing it? Um, where is he leading you when when he's doing this? Is there an area of ministry in the church that he's leading you to? Is there a relationship that's that's struggling? I want to challenge you to, to listen uh, for his voice of where he's leading you, of what, where he wants you to plug in or what he's called you to do. Because uh, I know he hasn't called you to sit and do nothing. He's maybe called you to sit and be still for a bit, but he hasn't called you to do nothing. Number two, um, the test. As I close here, the test. He tests them uh, for the 40 years, only to have God reveal to them uh, that there's another one. There's another test. You know, and that is crossing the Jordan and getting into the promised land. I hate to be the uh, the bearer of uh, bad news, but the test never ends. The test never ends. Uh, life is a test, and you know, uh, you see where uh, you're tested, and we're tested with when we have very little. We're tested when we have much. We're tested when we're in a valley of what our response will be while we're down there. And we're tested when we're in a good place. You know, when we're in a good place that we forget about. You know, there's so much um, of what God's doing when we're in the process of growing. Um, and I believe God is preparing us for what He has planned, both as individuals, but maybe on a bigger part, as a church, what does he have planned for for MB? I think there's some awesome things coming up. We don't know what it is yet, but I think we can be patient, listen, hear. He's walking through this process with us, uh, through this desert. That all who look up, at, all of our deserts look a little bit different, and because we're all in different places, and again, to prepare our hearts for what's next. So I, I challenge you: ask God, what's next?